Welcome to the Amazing App Show from Microsoft Dynamics 365 and Power Platform app makers who want to build amazing business applications that everyone will love. Welcome to the show. My name is Neil Benson and I'm honored to have you join me. The goal of Amazing Applications is to help you slash your budget budgets, shrink your delivery timelines, mitigate technical risks, and build amazing Agile Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications. This is another special bonus episode. We did one of these last week with my interview with Bert Wines from Power Accelerate, and this time we're doing it with CJ Brooks from Mission CRM. If you haven't listened to my first part of the interview with CJ, You'll find it at customary.com slash 027. That's the word customer with a Y on the end, dot com slash 027. I drop bonus episodes like this one when there's too much to fit into one episode, but I don't want you to miss out on the valuable content. Bonus episodes don't show up on social media, so the easiest way to make sure you hear them is to subscribe to the Amazing Apps show in your podcast player. In this bonus episode, CJ shares his Dataverse data modeling designs to try and solve the Elon Musk problem, the art of simplicity from both an application design and a licensing point of view, and lots more besides. Here's the rest of my chat with CJ Brooks, fundraising and engagement architect at Mission CRM. One other challenge, CJ, that I have in the industries that I've worked in Let's call it the Elon Musk problem. This is a data modeling issue. So Elon Musk is involved in the Boring Company, with Tesla, and with SpaceX. Probably others, there's just three. In Dynamics 365, I could model that as three different Elon Musk contacts, each contact associated to a different account entity, or account record, mm-hmm. or account row, what do we call them now? <laughs> and yeah, exactly. I'm sure there must be similar data modeling challenges in the fundraising space, how have you tackled those? And there must be people who sit on on the boards, for example, of multiple philanthropic organizations or fundraising associations. Um, have you found a clever way of data modeling your way out of that limitation of the the common data model? Yeah. So I mean, the the, the common data model has some pluses. It it has a lot of people that have thought about these different scenarios. But I should stress, thought about it under the under the guise of typical nonprofit scenarios and nonprofits are all about relationships. So when you apply that to dynamics, you get some pretty obvious challenges. The typical primary relationship to the account record. We like to use the account record for like several different things, uh, even though it's a single entity. And there's always that, well, do I create an entity specifically for that one use case or do I just have different entity types? And so that's why you see like accounts be household organizations, institutions, you know, we've also seen organizations that have done one-to-one scenarios, right? There's a very popular fundraising system, which I shall not name, uh, which effectively ties each contact and creates an account record corresponding to it. So now not only do I have organizations, I also have organizations that are actually contacts. So when we were kind of looking at fundraising engagement, and we're also looking at like Mission CRM, what we looked at is what was available to us. So we looked at the common data model and we're like, we can look at some scenarios that we feel and our feedback from the user group. So like that doesn't really work very well in the case by case area. And so we created um, a very specific relationship 
but to households and, and accounts that leveraged what was in Dynamics already. But then if you wanted to, you could promote contacts into households and the households could then could be a grouping as an individual company. And we also created um, a, a specific dedicated relationship, which allowed you to keep your organization-based relationship. And so now when I look at a contact, I can see that, that contact is part of the Lee household. But then I can also see that that contact is also primary organization mission CRM. And so, you know, the power of just that extra relationship kind of really gave us a lot of more flexibility on how to manage those specific relationships as well. But I can't help but feel that whenever it comes to dynamic CRM and relationships, there's always some kind of a compromise, right? Like in the design and the architecture. And, and you're always trying to weigh these different scenarios. And, and I don't think we've ever seen the most ideal solution yet, but I think we've got pretty close to fundraising engagement and Mission Sierra. That's, that's really fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'd love to see how the inner workings of those relationships play out, particularly from a user interface point of view, because mm -hmm. I, I think several times I've been guilty of coming up with a great design, but when you go to implement it, it's actually a very confusing user interface. And that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't really help anybody or serve anybody. And, and you know what? The other thing as well is like, like who, who's driving those design decisions? Because, you know, if you listen to the client, like say it was a client-based delivery, and it kind of goes back to that whole theme of if you're developing or the customer is driving the development, they'll have very specific needs, which in their mind are universal. Everyone should be doing it like this, right? And, and that's never typically the case. So one of the things that, that we've done, and back to like the, the Agile methodology, is if, if we don't know the answer, then let's just go implement less code, less development, but more easy to use, universally acceptable from an interface standpoint, because Although we might not be getting as much information, we're getting it like 99% more consistently. We would go down that road, release, review, feedback, and then layer on. And I think that's where that agile approach really benefits to you. Like anyone, like if I did the design right now, that design is out of date by the time I go and deploy it. So, so instead of trying to forward think all these scenarios, let's see how things organically evolve by not pinning ourselves into a design decision from the get-go that we're then having to unpick and then we're having to then deal with the data ramifications as a result of it, right? So, I think you're right. I think you know, the best way to figure out if a feature is appropriately designed is not to have six architects review it. It's to have <laughs> put it into production in six different places and see how the users adopt it. It's, it's exactly. And, and if you're worried about things being too complex and too overall, then don't design complexity. Like Reduce the functionality but ensure the flexibility, right? And, and, and then you're not boxing yourself into any corners. Thinking about licensing an application, Microsoft's got, <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to turn this into an episode about Microsoft licensing, but they've got their own licensing model and it's generally per user based. Has Mission CRM followed that? pattern with its own application licensing, or have you gone for something much more creative than that? So we, we spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, right? Originally, we were per user, but then it was like, what about organizations that don't all do fundraising? And, you know, they're like case management and some fundraising. It's unfair for them to pay for like 100 users for Mission CRM if there's only 20 of them that are actually doing it. And so so what, what we've done for our, our existing clients is we kind of just like Dynamics was originally, like an honor-based like licensing, where effectively it's, it's the number of fundraising users that you have in the system 
is is how it is actually utilized. Now, because of the complexities in managing that, we're we're now in our latest release for for new customers going to adopt a more standardized per organization licensing. So I could have a thousand users, I could have a hundred, it really wouldn't matter, but we're gonna license it based on the different levels of functionality that you're consuming within the organization. We're doing that model for two reasons. Um, licensing changes are coming now in ISV Connect, which means that there'll be more flexibility in the future. But the reality is licensing, whether it's Salesforce, Dynamics, whatever, it's already complicated enough. So we didn't want to be an additional thing that people had to figure out. Whereas now we can go into a competitive situation and just say, you want pages? It's this much. Done. Right? Like, <laughs> there's no, There's no questioning about that or whatever it might be. And for us coming from nonprofits, we've got to think about how our competitors are licensing as well. We have some competitors that are licensing on per, per donor record. So I might have 1.8 million contacts. I only, I only deal with like 100,000 of them a year, but I'm paying for that. You know, Dynamics has its other ramifications. You know, consumption is like not great and things, but, you know, those are things that are, that are at least actively putting the onus on the organization to say, we're not going to punish you for the number of records you have, but we are going to say that if you want to hold on to everything in the world, you can't expect that to be the same price as those that don't. So in many ways, that consumption usage is, is really very fair. And look, it's licensing. Like you said, we could have a whole bunch of other topics of all different opinions on it. It's never going to be ideally what the client wants, which is cheaper than what they wanted it to be as well. So, so we went for simpli um, simplifying on our end to like just per organization and three different tiers. And if you fall into one of those tiers, you're done. And then that way, think about the deployments and, and your, your costing, your licensing, your renewals and, and everything else. You know, now it's really easy. I know that they only have that tier because I only deployed that tier. So they can't possibly access anything else that doesn't exist in there. And that makes it really easy for me for operationally to do my renewals and manage that moving forward. Whereas before it's like, give me how many licenses have you got? How many of them are fundraisers? And they'll say, how do I know that? <laughs> right? <laughs> because it's all education thing again. And, and it just, yeah, it just takes so, so long. So we moved away from that for our user licensing. So, so your licensing is basically there's two access. One is small, medium, large, kind of the size of the of the organization that you're um, selling to. It's it's the and features, a, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's a simple, intermediate, and advanced. You got it. You got it. And and that way we can also be like, hey, if you want to use all these enterprise features, these cost us a lot to develop, and it also means that if you're using more of the system you're going to be requiring more support and more training and more onboarding, right? So it was a nice way for us to true up those that needed that extra resource capability from you than those that were just quite happy just doing their own thing with their donation pages or whatever it might be too. They're also getting more value. They're also avoiding more costs of other systems. Exactly. Like one of the really neat things about this application specifically and I say this for any application, you know, like every client is coming to you with the same story. I've got too many siloed data sources. I don't see a central source of truth. I mean, how many times have we heard that story? It's like the, the common recurring theme of every CRM project. So looking at building applications, you should also consider what applications can you consume in that marketplace? So for example, when we were 
thinking about our features for Mission CRM, we, we were driven specifically by what would be needed, but also what were our competitors lacking that required another system, another integration. And so we were very strategic. Like we built donation pages, recurring integrations to change of address services and things like that right into the core of the product because we knew that our competitor or whoever we were speaking to needed four or five different products to do that and couldn't get them all to speak together. So you're in a, an incredible advantage if you, you're thinking of like applications that you can build that are needed. I think often an overlooked thing is actually what does the marketplace currently need you to do in order to perform those functions? And can you create an application that reduces the need for those other different siloed pieces of data? And, and that is then a great shoe-in for a competitive advantage as well. Yeah, that's a really good, clever way of thinking about it. I love that. Um, final question for you, CJ. Thinking about Microsoft's roadmap, as far as any of us can can see that, yeah, what, is, exactly. what, what does the future look like for Mission Serum? What investments are you excited about that are coming up? Where do you think the product is going to go over the next kind of two or three years? We're really excited. We have actually, our spring release is almost on its doors, right? So, so we'll be looking at shipping that out. And, and we've introduced some, some really, really cool features. We've completed a peer-to-peer online fundraising pages. So now uh, organizations can spin up their own team-based fundraising. And of course, lack of integration is the key there. We're also pushing out our NCOA service, which means that as donors' addresses change and they get registered in their country's post office, they'll actually update the system as a result of that as well, and including additional integrations to payment gateways, to onboard new wallets and different types of funding and ways of giving that, that aren't typically available as well. And one of our really exciting things that we're looking at doing towards the back end of this year is really getting to grips with all the Azure Cognitive Services. We introduced uh, Azure Cognitive Search just this early spring as well, which is going to be rolling out soon. And we're really looking forward to, to getting our hands on some of the OCR stuff. Nonprofits, they deal with paper. So if you can kind of find out ways to relinquish that paper use, then you are really into a winning product. And so there's some really fun, exciting things that we're doing. And of course, all in that Azure environment, right, which is our playground right now. Fantastic. Sounds really exciting. CJ, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I've learned heaps about the, the challenges that ISVs face building amazing applications. I'm, I'm working behind the scenes with a team in a completely different sector, but uh, you've given me so much to think about. Uh, thanks very much for sharing your expertise and your insights on the show. Well, it's all my pleasure. Thank you so much, Neil, and take care. CJ, shout out to you for joining me on the Amazing Apps Show. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights with us. If you'd like to find out how to start adopting an agile approach to building Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications, my free mini course, Agile Foundations for Microsoft Business Apps, will teach you the benefits and basics of agile software development, give you a quick primer into Scrum, which is the most popular agile framework, and I'll share with you my recommendations on how to learn Scrum and get certified. The free mini course takes less than an hour and you can join at customary.com slash foundations. Thanks so much for joining me in this special bonus episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story about an amazing application that you've built, like Hanyol or Bird or CJ have done recently, you can apply to appear on the Amazing Apps show at customary.com slash guest. 
We'd love to help you share your success and the keys to your success with our community. See you next time. Keep sprinting.